<laughs> okay, would you rather hang out with Harry Styles or Michael Ball? Oh my god, this is like the hardest question ever. <laughs> um, Michael Ball, hundred percent. Oh my god! Oh my really? god! You know that I adore, I adore Michael Ball. Like he is. Oh my god, he he's like up there in my like top favorite celebrities. Again, people like hanging up the podcast. No one is listening anymore because Lauren's obsessed with Michael Ball. I am obsessed with him as much as I love Harry Styles. I cannot do that to Michael Ball, and I would hang out with Michael Ball any day. So, Michael Ball. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to episode four of It's a Girl Gay Thing. I'm Lauren, the girl who genuinely believes if I DM a celebrity, they might actually reply. Never going to happen. No. <laughs> and I'm Aaron, the gay who actually touched Danny Minogue's hand, and I tell everybody I meet. Yeah, you do. You do. <laughs> <laughs> We're back with another episode talking all things we know best. This week's podcast is themed all around the subject of pop culture. A topic Lauren and I probably have the most in common about and have the most opinions. So let's get started with another episode of It's a Girl Gay Thing. Aaron, let's talk pop culture. Let's get straight to business and jump in with award ceremonies how do you feel about them any stand-up moments favorite celebrity speeches tell me what you think my relationship with award ceremonies award ceremonies has changed over the years like when I was a kid I would have watched all of them you know and all the all the terrible ones as well like the Brit Awards the Soap Awards the National Television Awards and then you get a bit older and you're just like oh this is all a bit naff in what I, I thought anyway but what I do do now is for things like the Oscars and the Grammys is jump onto YouTube the day after to see the highlights, you know? So if someone's performed uh, or someone's got a really great acceptance speech or there's been a mistake, I will be jumping on YouTube or Twitter just to see those bits. I think you're right in that we, as the viewers now, we don't need to see the whole ceremony. And actually, are we really that bothered about the ceremony in itself? Because actually, we want to see all the fun bits, like you mentioned. Um, but you're right. I think nowadays they probably need to change the way they do award ceremonies. And actually, it should be a highlight. Like, what you want is just to see the performances. And the bits, like you said, the fun bits. Like, actually, we never get to see enough of the red carpet I, in this country anyway. I agree. For me, anything to do with award ceremonies, my favourite bits are the backstage bits, the behind-the-scenes bits. So, yeah, the red carpet. Basically, the bits where you're seeing celebrities, or I guess, outside of their work mode. I, I love on the red carpet where they'd be interviewing, I don't know, like Jennifer Aniston and then Reese Witherspoon, who's there for a completely different movie, and they bump into each other like, oh, my God, hi. Definitely. It's it's merging almost celebrity with real people and I don't know why I have such a fascination with I just love the idea that all these celebrities are all friends with each other I just find that absolutely fascinating well we we know that you have a slight obsession with the red carpet and (laughs) attending so before or pre-covid you would regularly attend um award ceremonies oh my gosh it's literally my favorite thing ever I love it so much I love everything about meeting famous people (laughs) and yes red carpets premieres and it's funny you mentioned earlier Aaron you saying about the um, the soap awards and like the national television awards and I'm going yeah I've been to the red carpet of the soap awards like (laughs) twice (laughs) I've actually attended the national television awards I just think oh no I just can't I just I 
I've got I've got pride. <laughs> Um, but if I was to bump into a celebrity at a bar, that that's what you want. Oh, that's that, you want. well, that would be amazing. One of my very, very good friends bumped into Bon Jovi in a bar, but he didn't know who Bon Jovi was. And so they got into this conversation all around how he was like, oh, yeah, I'm quite well known. Like, I'm a singer. And my friend was like, oh, great. OK, you know, like, would I know any of your music? Like, I think you might know the song. And my friend literally had no clue he was stood there talking to Bon Jovi. I mean, maybe he appreciated it just to be spoken to like a normal person at a bar and actually be able to explain to someone what they do because it must be exhausting getting the same questions from the media all the time or people going, I love you, I love you, but not actually knowing you. you know? Definitely. Oh, uh, without question. Talking ceremonies, award ceremonies, do you have any standout moments for you over the years? I have watched the clip of Jennifer Lawrence falling up the stairs at the Oscars to collect her award I can't even tell you how many times I don't know why like I mean it's terrible falls are not funny but really they are hilarious she has such a great sense of humor though and although she was completely and utterly mortified she handled it really well like it's one of those things you know if you're up your own ass you're gonna take it really badly you might even have a strop about it but she took it really well like, oh my god that's really embarrassing I own I own the fact that I've just fallen up the stairs. Yes, the video that she uh, she made afterwards, you know, in terms of like the press conference and everyone's like, oh, that fall. And she was like, yeah, I obviously meant to do it. And like, you are completely right. She's got a great personality. She's a great celebrity in that sense. Especially when you're wearing a huge ball gown, you know, and she looks stunning. But I bet she was thinking, I'm wearing this ridiculous ball gown to, just because this is what I'm supposed to Definitely. do. Definitely. <laughs> I think one of my most favourite moments was when um, there was the La La Land oh, and Moonlight yes. Oscar mishap when he read out the wrong one is to the to the point they were on the stage accepting <laughs> the award. Yep, completely so embarrassing. Like, Ryan Gosling just like his face just was everyone's reaction like oh my god this is mortifying but also how has this happened this is so funny they go on don't they about how the oscars is the most uh, like regimented award ceremony and for that that monumental mistake to happen definitely will go down in in history as one of the best moments we, we can't <laughs> not talk about um madonna at the brits Oh my goodness, poor Madonna. You know, I've been a Madonna fan for such a long time. And I remember being like, oh my God, she's doing the bricks. This is amazing. She'd come back with this really strong song. She was there to prove that she's like, I can keep up with all the young pop stars. I'm the queen. And then she gets to the top of the stairs and they just yank her cape. And it pulls her. She hasn't got it off in time and falls like 15 flights of stairs. It's just awful because you can tell because they pull it with such force, force. that it's not a little yeah. fall. Yeah, that's that's painful. That's definitely painful. And I think there, I think there's a lyric in the song that she actually says something about tumbling and getting back up again. Oh my goodness! I mean, you couldn't write it down on my knees. Oh, yeah, God. yeah. The irony. The irony, and you just thought someone is getting fired today. Most definitely. I think the most iconic moment of the Brit Awards ever is <laughs> Cherry Halliwell coming out of a pair of open <gasps> legs to bag it up. Yes! I do remember. Yes. <laughs> Ludicrous. Absolutely. At the time, I remember thinking this is the most fabulous thing I've 
ever seen. <laughs> and now, if you watch it on YouTube, you're like, this is so tacky. It makes you think, who signs that <laughs> off? But at the time, you know, it worked. Not so much no. now. That's a throwback right there. Love it. I mean, yeah, that's that's really it's staple in my mind. Probably a lot of gay guys' minds out there remember that. They probably watched Jerry Halliwell come out a pair of legs. <laughs> In fact, I think she had and thought they were gay as well. And I think actually she had a lot of topless men as well with her. Yes. Which explains why she's a massive gay icon. <laughs> what about um, favourite celebrity speeches, Lauren? Is there any that stand out from award ceremonies that you really remember? Uh, one of the more more recent ones I really enjoyed was, I think it was actually last year, um, Rebel Wilson at the BAFTAs. Um, and I always think, oh, for the yeah, cats. with the cats, because obviously they had obviously Kate and Wills there. And I always think if there's a royal in the house, everyone is told, you know, you have to be a lot more PC. You're not allowed to really sort of say anything that goes under the radar. And she just ignored all of it. And I just found myself just howling at her entire speech. But what about you? It's not like a funny speech, but I really love Meryl Streep's speech, the Golden Globes where she collected like a lifetime achievement award and she was just talking about you know being a privileged white female and she was trying as a privileged white woman to have your voice for those that don't have a voice and I just was like I love Meryl well and this is the thing I mean Meryl is a living icon isn't she that's where I do believe that celebrities that is not always but when they do have that platform to have a voice and to speak to millions of people and to speak for people that can't be heard in other ways I think that's an incredible thing that celebrities have the power to do that celebrities hold a lot more kudos than you know public figures or politicians I certainly think that celebrities have mm. an opportunity to speak and they are listened to and to speak for good agreed but don't you find like sometimes it's the way they deliver it like Meryl Streep doing it on an award ceremony seemed appropriate but when you get these celebrities trying, posting something about mental health, just a post on their Insta story, it's just like, to me, that's a cop out. You are, all you're doing is sharing some bit of information about mental health with people that also agree with you. If you really feel strongly about this, you need to take it offline and you need to do it in a medium that is actually available to people that you think should hear that information massively and especially when you know the more famous they are the likelihood is their instagram and their social media isn't even controlled by them because it's just words isn't it it's just going out to kind of it's a box ticking exercise going out of your way when you're on the ellen show in an awards environment and actually advocating for a cause i believe has a lot more gravitas and a lot more sort of a lot more belief behind it Completely. So apart from um, award ceremonies themselves and favourite speeches, um, do you have any award ceremony moments that perhaps performances rather than moments, any performances that you thought, wow, that was amazing. That goes down in history. When Kanye West went onto the stage and basically boycotted Taylor Swift winning her best video award when he sort of bulldozed that moment and obviously that then created this major you know Kanye versus Taylor rift I can't believe it it was just like who do you think you are to do that to a young girl who who earned that award who does he think he is and then like Beyonce's like horrified like I haven't asked you to do this what are you doing it's just something about him just like thinking he's just more important than women definitely there's one female sat in the audience that you know, he's overlooking that she didn't win the award and she's fine with it. And you've got another woman who was out there collecting a award and he's just like bashing her out the way. 
Taylor Swift had rightly earned that award. And it, it, like you say, it's mortifying because Beyonce's thinking, why is this happening? Why am I being singled out? It was just, it was like car crash TV, but also TV that you then couldn't not watch because it was like, how is this going to play out? It makes you wonder, would he have done it to some to a man True. or would he have done it to someone who was older than him it was just the way he just dealt with taylor like she wasn't she didn't mean any you know she wasn't valid, valid. oh she wasn't on that stage god knows what goes through that man's mind well he thought he was going to be president at one point didn't he the two performances that kind of stand out to me as like the best performances ever was lady gaga's paparazzi performance in 2009 at the vmas yep. where she is bleeding and she's like hanging from a chandelier like her greatest performance on a show ever so yeah like she, and she does it so well she gets the fake blood in her eye so it looks like her eyes bleeding it's oh my incredible. gosh and then also very very different type of performance from lady gaga which is of her sound of music performance at the office yes yeah i do remember that i pretty much think that's what must have got her the role on a star is born because she demonstrated she's got some lungs uh, big time her and bradley cooper's performance I don't know if it was, at the, I don't know where it was. It Maybe it was the Oscars. I think it was the um, Oscars. And yeah. I think because the way that film had blown up and I think everyone was kind of all eyes on them based on are they together as a couple? What's going on with their relationship? But their performance, I just thought it was insane because they sold everyone the dream that they were the two, like two people that were so in love and it just wasn't the case and I'm like that is testament to how good both of them were as performers. Lady Gaga's quite an intense person and I think that they probably do love each other as in you know yes you love a friend but it was their biggest movie for both of them ever so I think there was a lot of um, chemistry and love there but yeah I, I agree I think they played on that there was a an aspect of um, relaying it on thick. Yeah. But then doesn't that go to show you, like obviously you referenced kind of, um, you know, Lady Gaga as well. And I just think it's, it is testament to the fact that there are like levels of kind of performer and the, the dedication that certain people do put to their craft. Because I think, you know, we the whole notion of celebrity you know we do have like flimsy celebrities and then people that generally really take what they do very very seriously and they are generally then the performers and the individuals that you really remember and are going to be the ones that stand the test of time because they have such a dedication to their craft well completely I think you know what we've we love a celebrity with a personality but to be in awe of someone who's actually you know nailed something performance wise or So we're back again with another selection of pet peeves, the things that niggle away at us or have us holding our tongue in frustration. And despite the fact that Aaron and I are pop culture junkies, there are still things that have us biting our tongue and really getting under our skin when it comes to celeb and pop culture. So Aaron, I'm coming to you this week for your first pop culture peeve of the week. So my pet peeve in pop culture, if you like, with celebrity is celebrities, A, that don't have an Instagram. It's so annoying when you're a fan of Emma Stone. You think, I just want to follow you because I think you're amazing. I think you're really funny, really witty on interviews. I want to follow you. Em- Emily Blunt, and Jennifer Lawrence, you go to find them on Instagram and they're not there. They're just fan accounts. And it's like, I don't want to follow a fan account. And then... 
maybe they do have an Instagram account. Maybe they are Harry Styles. Oh, Harry Styles. And you go on their Instagram and all it is is like one post every six months of them appearing at an awards ceremony. Or actually, they're quite a good looking actor. And yeah, you might want to see them with a top off occasionally. But no, what do you see? Them going fishing or sorting out their basement. And it's the most boring Instagram account you've ever come across. I am absolutely with you on celebrities that don't have Instagram. And they're kind of the best ones as well. It's yes. The best celebrities. And I think that's kind of what we buy into is that we go, oh, yes, I really want that Instagram because I want that insight into your life, which is basically the witty, funny, hilarious kind of commentary that you get from those individuals when you see them on the TV. It's like I'm not a massive Cardi B fan, but I started fo- I ended up following Cardi B on Instagram because of the amount of memes I saw of things that were taken from her Instagram account that I thought were oh, hilarious. Okay. That's why I think just in general from a a social media perspective that's why TikTok is becoming so much more engaging like there's much less of a barrier for how you um, showcase yourself and it's a lot more free and I think you do see a lot more to people and celebrities on there than you do on Instagram but just keeping with Instagram yes I'm completely with you you all celebrities should have Instagram I think Instagram from 2012 maybe to maybe 2019 it was very much of like here's snippets of my life or snippets of me on set and I think maybe in the last two years it's Instagram's turned into a little bit of a advertising platform whereas now it's here's me promoting a oh don't whereas I think TikTok is now what you're saying is it's revealing their personality their humor which is really really what we're after. most definitely and i think let's be fair if you have watched a celebrity trying to sell you an item on instagram it is genuinely the most frustrating and cringeworthy content that you will see on there because to me i just find it so fake if i genuinely believe a celebrity is invested in that item then I might pay more attention but let's be fair that those individuals and those celebrities are making a lot of money by just showing an, a product on their page they don't have to believe it but I want to believe it usually your love islands up to your Gemma Collins in this country but you do get the A-list celebrities doing it as well you're do you know that to me the most genuine way to try and sell something is put something in the back of a picture and everyone go oh my god I love that I don't know that painting where yep from and they respond just to one person and say it's from this company and then you go it feels more genuine definitely and I just think it's it then changes it potentially it can change how you perceive that celebrity as well and as we mentioned you know ultimately we engage with celebrities on social media platforms because we want to see who they are outside of their work environment or we want to see their fun side we want to engage with them on a different level and when you're then having kind of them shove a you know beauty product or a you know slimming shake or whatever it is down your throat it kind of just I don't know it just leaves a sour taste and yeah it is it's, it's like when instead of you know we normally have location it says in association with and I think oh no. yeah no 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 I can't I'm not on board no this. it's all just become a bit too commercialized again people are being taken away from the reasons why fans want to engage and it just all becomes a bit too false and a bit too fake for me no thank you how do you feel about celebrities like that um go on like instagram or social media and tease like they've got really big news 
and then you wait for it and then it turns out to be rubbish so it's, it's always an advertising um campaign and i'm always not interested in the product they're trying to sell yeah because it's not genuine no and you know that they are profiting quite substantially but it's never relevant it, like you know 99% of the time it's not something that you want to see an example of someone that's doing this really well at the minute I don't know if you're following Tace on mm-hmm. Instagram but yes absolutely plugging Coke. Coca-Cola yes. Tace isn't promoting Coca-Cola with the advert Tace is going oh my god I've been asked to promote Coca-Cola oh my god here's me at the Coca-Cola photo shoot oh my god this is the final product and what you're doing is you're being uh, you know, fed Coca Cola over and over again, but you're listening and you're um, appreciating the story of the individual. It's in a subtle way. You know, you are being marketed to, but it doesn't feel like it's being rammed down your throat. But if you took all of that away and you just had taste in a genuine Coca Cola advert, you'd be like, oh, he's been sucked in, you know. Yep. But him being excited about doing the advert, filming him on his way, filming the advert, filming the free can he got with his name on it that is genuine and that is what buys you in and so and does exactly the same thing as the final product which is it puts coca-cola into your mind definitely but you'll buy i guess you're buying into the reality of the person aren't you to a point in terms of you're saying i'm buying into taste's response to it because it isn't you know the traditional here's a product i've been using on my skin or this is coke and i've been drinking it for two weeks now you know we're not getting it fed a lot of people have been asking me about my skin routine <laughs> yeah so i thought i'd just show you all the things that have been sponsored you're not being fed it in that way you're being given quite a genuine approach to how they feel about a product which just makes it more engaging. I think seeing someone else engage with something in quite um, an innocent way, even though you can, you can, you know, you can deduce that it's probably quite a manipulated scenario potentially, but actually it feels genuine. So therefore the connection feels real and therefore the investment probably, and I would imagine Coke are probably riding off the success of what's actually happening with Taste's involvement with Coke. So with Aaron and I being pop culture fanatics, we thought what better way than to ultimately dissect some of the best pop culture moments of all time. So we've selected a few we're going to talk about and share our opinions. So Aaron, come on, what topic do you want us to discuss? I just want to talk about 2016 celebrity deaths. What the hell went on there? Who made a deal with the devil that year? Yeah, the that... amount of celebrities that died is just mental. David Bowie, like these are just people that got top of my head. David Bowie, Prince, George yeah. Michael, Victoria Wood, Alan Rickman, Terry Wogan. Like these are just icons. That is, yeah, when you think about it and you list it in those terms, that is extraordinary. That it, they were legends as well. That isn't just your average celebrity. That's icons that we lost uh, i remember get seeing on christmas day <gasps> yeah on the sofa between my christmas meal and playing games at christmas and it just popped up on my phone about george michael and i was like well that's just perfect way to round off this shite year thinking there could possibly be a worse year than 2016 <laughs> <laughs> well maybe not for pop culture less less with real no. life <laughs> But it, it's one of those things, isn't it? Because they are the they are the people like Alan Rickman. You know, his movies will 
will be timeless. People will watch those movies for years to come. Same with George Michael, his music. Same with David Bowie. You know, people will remember them for their talents. And to lose all those individuals in such a short window of time across all genres as well. You know, it's not like they were all in one field. This is across the board was just staggering. You know, you'd open up your news app every day. Like, who is it this time? Definitely. Definitely. And that's and it's scary, isn't it? I think because we do have a lot of certainly well, I would say potentially also in this country, there's a lot of our national treasures and those national figures that you do unfortunately sort of when they get to that point you're like oh okay we're going to have more deaths than we are anything else and and 2016 was the year that we basically saw that come to fruition I think that was the year a hashtag keep David Attenborough safe I think was a hashtag because it was just becoming ludicrous had we lost um Bruce Forsyth at that point he was 2017. Oh, okay. So, right. Crikey. So, he was... I remember to this day, I found out I was queuing to get into Anne Frank's house, and that is not a joke. <laughs> I was queuing to get into Anne Frank's house when I found out Bruce Forsyth had died. What? What? I mean, crikey. <laughs> what a joke. <laughs> you couldn't make you it You couldn't up. make it up. Well, make it's it funny up. because I remember where I was when I found out that Scylla Black had died, and that was ironic because I was in Spain at the time, probably... <laughs> I knew you were probably 45 minutes away from where Scylla Black was because she died in Spain as well. I remember Prince, I was popping a bit of milk in the fridge and then my phone went diddle-limp and I checked and Prince was dead. <laughs> the milk in the fridge and Sad Prince was gone. Boom, boom. They're, yeah, you remember these moments because you know they're big names. You def- yeah, you absolutely do. I'm with you. And it's just, it's always sad when it just, when they happen en masse because it just feels like, this swathe of sadness. Well, we'd only just got over Whitney and Very Amy Winehouse. And then, and Scylla. And Scylla, <laughs> absolutely. We're still reeling from that sadness. Let alone all these. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's why 2016 goes down as one of the biggest pop culture moments of all time. I, I would agree with you. I'm there. So, Lauren, what about you? So, pop culture for, moments of all so time. So, for me, I mean, I would say that basically... <laughs> Beyonce basically to me goes down as a pop culture moment of all time um but you know she's one person so she can't have like all the moments (laughs) but obviously there have been just insane standout performances of hers that I think she's just very good at uh, she's a very good businesswoman in my opinion at ultimately manipulate is probably the wrong word but I'm going to use it anyway to so uh, manipulating her audience to get exactly what she wants from the outcome. So, for example, let's take the VMA I'm Pregnant announcement just as one of those moments where she had the audience in the palm of her hand. She nails this kick-ass performance and then, oh, just by the way, bam, here's my bump, I'm pregnant. And I just think in... Here's my fake pregnancy (laughs) bump. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, there was a lot of speculation around that, wasn't there, Aaron? Oh, I, I still believe that someone else had that had blue ivy for uh, her. Now, I'm, I, I do believe that child is Beyonce and Jay Z's, but she did not have that baby, and that is why, that is why, when she had the twins, there's that picture of her with the baby bump because she wants everyone to know that she actually birthed these. I'm still not convinced, but 
Because in fact, have we ever seen them? Have you ever seen these no, twins? No, Rumi and Sir. No, I don't. I don't. I actually don't think we have. Well, there might have been a few shots recently, but I can't. I can't remember them. Blue is everywhere, but yes, the twins, not so much. But that bump, and obviously, you're talking about the bump where she announces it, not the bump that folds inwards. No. When, when she was on she Australian TV, yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. I know exactly the moment yes. you're talking about. What do you think of her recent music, though? Mm. To me, she hasn't done anything good since Formation. I agreed. And what's it, Hold, hold Up? Yeah, maybe? yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would agree with you because I think the latest stuff, I the album that she did with Jay-Z was utter shit. Like, it was awful. It was absolutely terrible. Yeah. And obviously, I went to see that concert. So, uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z in concert. Oh, no. And, I mean, just the, the songs... That, well, they hadn't released the album yet, So, it, but it was still them in concert together. And then they released the album. The album is, honestly, it's tripe. It is so bad. And then after that, she released the Lion King album, which basically was... A, she, You know, she was in the Lion King. She did um, the song Spirit, which I think is an an amazing song and the other 35 songs on that album mm. are just garbage 30. all 350 <laughs> other songs on the album and as far as i'm concerned but beyonce is a pop culture moment of all time <laughs> do you think the she ha- the bump was fake well no i don't like i but i just I, the problem is i unfortunately so how yeah, you, i just how buy you into it yeah, but i just buy into her i just don't want to believe that it's not real <laughs> <laughs> but lauren you know we all want to believe in father christmas <laughs> but we know he's not and we accept that so you know come no, on I'm... the bump folded in with i know based on I reality know, but... <laughs> based on reality do you think that bump was real and you can tell I'm quite happy to say I do believe the bump is real because that is possible that a bump could fold in inwards and I will go do you know what I respect you for that but you just saying I just believe anything because it's Beyonce is not an answer no I I I am still convinced that is her child and she birthed that child and I do believe that completely I do I do believe that is her child no, no I just I you not support no, no support I just I blindly support evidence, support, but... support Beyonce <laughs> I think we just need to take a moment to talk about the Kardashians because can we not just also equally acknowledge that they are a movement in pop culture? Like, love them or hate them, they, in some ways, I guess you could say, like, paved the way for a landscape of what we now have as a whole genre of television that is reality TV and ultimately what they have gone on to become as individuals is just a bit of a crazy phenomenon like do you watch it have you seen like episodes of their show or like do you follow any of them or like do you have any engagement with i them? have seen a bit i have seen a bit of an episode here or there but i have to i end up turning over because i cannot stand the obnoxiousness there's nothing going on in their brains it's completely set up it's just like I just I just can't deal with it I just can't I just I I'm spit I'm I'm speechless I just (laughs) but is that not all is that not all reality tv is though like constructed reality it's not actually real no but okay so I can I can put up with big brother and I can with things like that 
do you mean like constructed like yeah I'm talking Italian. like Towie like uh, Made in Chelsea to a point I guess Love Island I watched the first few seasons of both of those but there's something about the Kardashians it's so that's the word I was looking at it's so vapid and it's so self-absorbed that I think it's the difference between your experiencing at the minute by watching UK Drag Race okay and US Drag Race can you see the that although US Drag Race is fun, it's also very vapid in the very... You can see the yes. control they're having over the, how they're being... Almost definitely, yes. Very controlled. Whereas if you watch the UK one, it's literally like watching drunk people on a night out. They've got no uh, inhibitions. They're just being them and they're doing the best they can. And that's why I cannot bear the Kardashians because it's so controlled, so contrived. That's what people have bought into what what I can never understand with the show is that obviously the way in which it plays out alongside their actual real lives because they live their real life and you know what's going on in their real lives but then you don't but then all these people buy into watching it on the show but the show then isn't on until six months later so it's like but we already know what's gone on and it's just this weird sort of but they're clever, though, yes. aren't they? Because they don't reveal they it don't. all. And, but that's, again, part of, I think, why they have become so successful, because people are buying into wanting to know that information about the Kardashians. So they go, well, I'm not getting it from Kim's Instagram, so I will watch the show because I'll get it on there. Because it's a manipulation of how they want to be perceived. And I think they've become a lot cleverer with that as, the show's gone on as they've all basically somehow all become executive producers of the show as as you rightly mentioned Aaron they've all become billionaires as a part of it and so it has I think it they're executive producers on yeah. the show so they can they can produce themselves <laughs> so it's not reality at all well no in the last couple of seasons so in Covid it went from obviously having like film crews there to then basically having to just record things on their phone and then basically that was <laughs> rubbish they blatantly weren't Are you telling me there's a whole series of them recording the series on their phone yes <laughs> no yes there's blatantly a, there is blatantly a set up camera whether someone's come in you know covered with all the covid ppe and set up a camera i haven't even seen it but i guarantee there'll be a proper camera they're not filming on their phone <laughs> they are, are. They? <laughs> they're not Again, this is a podcast. People write in, tell me I'm wrong. Are you telling me Kim Kardashian is walking around filming herself on her phone? Yeah. She's just propping up against a toaster to film them having their breakfast conversation. Is yeah, she? their constructed conversation around breakfast topics. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe it. It's Courtney. Courtney's not in it anymore. No, is that she right? is still in it. Yeah. Oh, th- th- no. She see, quit? this is the thing. This is what happens. There's all these big blowout moments where it's like they have these great big arguments and they get turned into memes and people are leaving. People aren't siblings anymore. But again, all that is doing is just driving the media vehicle that is the Kardashians to get people talking about it. She's still in the series. Like, she's not my favorite by any stretch of the margin. Like, and she's certainly like the most opinionated about not wanting to be. Um, a Kardashian I think you know potentially I guess that's part of why they're is that because she's the least favourite so if she says I don't want to do this anyway it doesn't matter if nobody Correct. likes her I mean but to be fair I think I'd probably take being the, the least liked and still having something like 22 million people like you know follow you on Instagram <laughs> I think I would appreciate them more if like people like what's the one that's had her lips done 
Oh, um, what's the other one? The bit, the one that's the most Kylie. Uh, Kylie. You know, if she just said, "Yeah, I've had my lips done," like I was really insecure about them, but we just have to sit there and pretend that nobody's noticed that her lips are the size of the Titanic. It is. It's not. It's not real. I can't. And I can't. I can't deal. Who? Who is your favorite Kardashian? Chloe. <laughs> no, Chloe. Chloe's my favorite. I think Why? I feel like she actually has got a bit more of a story than the other Kardashians. I think having gone through different relationships, marriages, like even just weight, like changes, like perception within the media, she's had more of a story, I think. But I don't, yeah, but I don't think they're there to act as, as that. I mean, I know a lot of people would question this, but I don't necessarily think they're there to act as that moral compass. I think they are still there as basically. Yeah, but they act. But they, they, but they, what? But they act in the episode like they are there for that, and that's my issue. I think. Yeah, of course. You know, it's like anything. You don't watch uh, bloody Drag Race for to see real women. Yeah. You don't watch. You watch the voice because they're <laughs> going to make pop stars. You watch it for whatever other reason. But don't then pretend that you are doing Yes, that, I get you know? that. I, I, so it's more about the motivation that they have as opposed to the reason why people engage with it. It's more about, like you say, be who you are and don't pretend to be something else. I, I totally hear you, though, as a Kardashian watcher, that you acknowledge that it is fake, that you're buying into... You're buying into the fakeness. You're buying into the fake drama because it, as a whole, is entertaining. I, I yes. do understand that, but I don't appreciate them pretending that that's not what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, I see. I, I see what you mean. And yeah, that's what I can't. I get that. Understand. And as a viewer, you are right. That's what I am buying into. I am buying into that notion of it's entertainment played out in drama in over-the-top crazy madness and i think that's the difference between americans and british though i think if that was they were doing something over here there would be a slight wink wink to the camera that is yes i'm overdoing yeah. i'm doing this over the top uh, whereas in america they try they're trying to convince everyone this, but real, i was going to say know? i don't actually think that we have an equivalent i wouldn't say that we have an equivalent to the kardashians over in this country that probably emulates the same thing the Kardashians are trying to do, would you? And Towie, like, I, you know, they've been opening gyms so they can go to the gym and accidentally bump into each other. Gyms are closed. <laughs> you can't accidentally bump into someone in the gym anymore because it's closed. <laughs> yes, true. So, yes, actually, we do. Uh, so there is that. <laughs> All of our reality TV. I mean, I think as a population, we know that it's fake. But I think there is a comparison there to the Kardashians where... They think we don't know. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they're all thick. <laughs> so we're back with our pointless advice. Here to offer the opinions nobody asked for and the advice that you'll probably leave you more confused than you were before. Before you ask, no, we haven't been in touch with celebrities to help fix their problems. Although, how amazing would that be? <laughs> But I think it's fair to say that most celebrities are are faced with online trolling. And I think online trolling for potentially a lot of people is a big issue with social media these days. So we thought we'd give our opinions on how to deal with if you are being online trolled. Would you think that's fair, Aaron? I think so. And I think it would it's probably relatable to a lot of people with the rise of TikTok. Oh. 
I, uh, okay, let me say that. TikTok? I, was, I think I might even say clicked. I don't know. Um, okay. I would agree. And I think with the rise of TikTok, I think trolling can happen to any about just about anybody. And I think the same with social media on Instagram. And even if on a Facebook group, you know, those baby boomers, they can be ruthless. Um, so I think any advice we give to a celebrity could also be taken to anybody else out there as well. Most definitely. And I think it is a very difficult one because when you're on any form of social media, unless you have a very private account, which is ultimately only for then your friends and, and followers, ultimately you are opening yourself up to the possibility of kind of everyone having an opinion. And I guess that's part of what you sort of sign up for when you, you know, when you open up those platforms. And I think it's very it's a very very dangerous environment to be in if you're if you're involved in social media as a as a public figure i think there are two levels to trolling my first part is anyone that trolls you i think you have to remember is if they have a feeling strong enough that they feel they have to populate it on the world of the internet i think it says a lot more about them than it does you and i know i sound like a somebody's mum or dad but genuinely, there are a lot of people I have strong opinions about that I do not maybe like celebrity wise, but I have no right to tell them how I feel about them. That is my opinion on them. And by me going online and deliberately telling them how I feel about them actually it is a lot more about me than it is about them. I do not like, I don't know, I don't like Eminem. I don't like his music. I've not I've never watched an interview and I thought I like you. But I don't like Eminem, but not enough that I feel I want to target him and tell him how I feel. Because if I did, that would suggest that by me targeting Eminem, it would make me feel better about myself. And I think ignore it. That's the first level of trolling. Going back to like thinking about when we were younger and obviously before social media, you know, you'd have a gossip magazine and you might share that with your friends in the playground or wherever. Um, and you would talk about those stories. You would talk about those celebrities. And it's kind of for for that level of chat. I think any kind of gossip or anything of surrounding sort of celebrity culture is really for you to share with your friends. Like you say, there's plenty of celebrities I don't like and I will quite happily talk about them with my friends. In private? In private, absolutely, as a conversational piece. But that desire and that drive to, you know, to to type something on a phone, to put something in via the keyboard and all of this, you are absolutely right, Aaron. It is much more as a representation about that individual than it is about the person that they are targeting, for sure. There's nothing wrong with having strong opinions about things. That's why they're out there. And like you said, that's when you pick your your appropriate audience to discuss it by you dragging that person into the conversation and adding them or sending them messages it says a lot more about you especially when it gets to the level of death threats and just really nasty vindictive things you're thinking that's the next level and you guarantee they're a keyboard warrior they feel untouchable and therefore what they're saying isn't real and that is the first level of trolling is to acknowledge that some someone's sending you hate or saying oh you're really fat or oh you're really ugly or i hate what you're wearing that is them they're not comfortable in their own skin i was gonna say that's their insecurity about you there is an opportunity to bring you down because they don't like you to so, so 
they hope that you feel like they do. And it's easier to be, it's easier to target somebody else and to pin that um, insecurity or that notion or that thought to another person than it is to actually be reflective and think about yourself. And the, the notion and the world of social media has made that much easier. And you're one of many. You're one of many. Yeah. They don't think they're going to be uh, pulled out and, uh, you know, and accounted for. And I think how many emails have we sent in a workplace where someone has sent you a really shitty email and you start typing it back and you're really shitty back and you go, oh, it's just not worth it. And you just get rid of it. And then you respond in a professional manner like, thank you for your email. But Twitter is not like that. People don't think like that. They just send it. And I think that says a lot more about them. So just basically ignore it. It doesn't mean it. That's the first level of trolling. Ignore it. The second level is when you're probably at Caroline Flack level or Jesse from Little Mix level, where I imagine you get so much abuse for completely incorrectly that you notice a pattern. Yeah. So you might see a pattern of you're a man eater or you look a certain way or I think you're fat. And then regardless of who it's coming from you're seeing a pattern of abuse and that's again something where we can't relate but what I would say is any kind of celebrity platform that is when you don't listen to that trolling but what you do is hear the pattern and you take it to a therapist and you say I'm hearing a lot of I look fat against my girls in this band and the therapist says and you you seek professional help and I'm not because you're hearing a pattern and not that the pattern doesn't mean it's right Jessie from Little Mix is not fat but she's hearing the same thing over and again and it's impacting her mental health yes. so that is the second stage of trolling take it to a therapist where you can dissect it and actually is she curvier than the other girls? Yes. Does that make her any less attractive? No, it makes her an individual and she owns those curves and she's beautiful in so many other ways. She's got gorgeous lips, big eyes, beautiful curly hair. And you take that to a therapist who can dissect that with you because actually that's the second level of trolling, which is you can't cope with that as an individual. You need intervention and support to deal with that. And I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying, you know, the question is, how do I deal with trolling? Yeah. And the first bit is ignore it. And then if you're seeing a pattern, seek therapist help. Well, I think you could potentially apply that notion of almost seeking that outside help to all layers of, of trolling. And the reason I say that is because I think as human beings, we are we are far less likely to sort of see our positives. And I think it's very easy that the minute somebody points out maybe an, either an insecurity that you already feel that you have or a comment that trigger something that maybe is subconscious I think we're very we tack on to that far more than we do any kind of positive commentary so I would say that probably you know in in any scenario a negative comment will have 90% more impact than a positive one does because it is then it is it feels personal it is more of a a, an attack so it it depends on the level in which you can kind of cope with it because I would say yes ordinarily ignore it because as you rightly pointed out Aaron you know the comments are not really about the individual they're targeting they're about the individual that's sending them it doesn't mean they're not true to a certain extent and that's not saying somebody's fat or somebody's ugly observational an example right is the amount of time someone says to me you sound Mm -hmm. like a woman 
And I take that really personally. I'm a man. I might be a gamer, but I take that. I I really take that to heart. And so it's usually kids that say it. And just as I get comfortable with myself and like, this is my voice. I accept my voice for what it is. A kid will go, why do you sound like a girl? And it goes straight in the the heart. And I think, oh, just as I've accepted this is the way I sound, you remind me of what it was like to be five years old again and to be bullied. Um, And I think, that's Definitely. what trolling is. Trolling is an ob- observation of something maybe you don't like about yourself, but what they and that's where you have to distinguish the 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 lower level of trolling, which is someone who's expanding that, saying you're fat. No, you're not. You Completely. might be curvier. Like I said, she's curvier. She's curvier quite naturally. You can't change your DNA. She's curvier than the girls in Little Mix, but that doesn't mean she's any less beautiful. And that person that's saying you're fat, that is a reflection on them. But if you see a yes. consistency, that's when you have to seek uh, external support to rationalize the the reality yeah no i think you're completely right bring that back to myself yes i sound feminine yes i have a voice that ideally i would not want however i have to accept that and i my therapy comes from talking to people and going you know when a kid comes up to you and says you sound like a girl this is how you should react to make yourself self feel better and that's what i mean by the second level of trolling and seeking external help is not everything is a in trolling is a lie you just have to be able to deal with the reality of the observation yeah definitely I, I do agree with you and I think it is it's such a difficult notion I think like we've all had examples of that of trolling but not trolling like in terms of we've all gone through an experience where someone has touched on a nerve and hit something that you know we do find like kind of difficult within ourselves and obviously that's happening because trolling, trolling is is, is an bullying. online it is an online yeah. word for bullying. It's bullying, and it and it means keep. There's no you don't need to tell anyone that. Keep it to yourself. If you've got an, we mean you have lots of opinions on lots of people, but we don't need to broadcast it on a podcast because it's it's unnecessary. All it does is make us look bad. Because do you know what? We have a certain opinion. Keep it Definitely, yourself. and I think we have a certain opinion, but we also understand like the I guess the notion of kind of what's right and wrong and that who are we as you as I think we've discussed already who are we as individuals to feel that our opinion is valid enough that we need to share it with that individual that we're talking about that's where that aspect comes in of that lower level of trolling where they're just spouting because do you know what other people are saying it so that means I feel part of a community that think the same thing because I feel really shit about myself so if there's a bunch of us that think so and so looks fat we're all a community together and I make that makes me feel better oh, about most myself. definitely I think you, you could know? you could absolutely probably apply that most certainly in the Caroline Flack incident and I think a, a lot of people saw but um it's a very difficult environment you know ultimately nowadays everybody seemingly wants the joy of kind of what fame brings but without any of that backlash and unfortunately in the society that we currently live I don't believe that exists and I, th- to be fair, I think it's always been there. I think it's just and much more accessible to celebrity now. They can instantly see if they're in a TV show, the reaction from the public. Caroline being targeted for numerous different attributes, be that that she was a man eater, or that you know, obviously the the escalation of obviously what happened in in the run up to kind of her her death that people just jumped on a bandwagon and were able to just, like you say, join a community of haters and express really, like, hideously awful opinions with no real just cause other than being part of something. But 
another thing to remember is not all the public has Twitter. Not all of the, you know, everyone knows if you go on holiday, you're more likely to write a review when you've had a shit holiday than when you've had a good one. A good one, you might just get a like, but a bad holiday gets a review. And I think you have to take that into account for all the negativity you may be receiving on who you are, whether maybe you're a boy that's put eyeliner on and you're getting sent horrible abuse or maybe you're a girl who's you know a plus size but she's she's showing her figure and she's getting negativity remember the people that are saying the negative stuff there is a, there is always more people saying positive stuff or thinking positive stuff they just don't feel like they need most to definitely say- yeah i think there's a there's a lot to be said for the media and their persuasion on individuals which massively plays into how celebrities are perceived and how trolling exists and it's one big mechanism that is ultimately feeding a machine which continues to make money continues to sell papers continues to you know generate avenue um, advertising avenues and streams for people so whilst it continues like it's always going to be there and it, it's um yeah i don't think trolling is going anywhere 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 anytime soon so I think the conclusion to that is you can't control trolling, but what you can control is how you perceive it. And I, th- I think we're in agreement there are two levels. One being how much can you take as a person and ignore and know that it's not a reflection on you, it's a reflection on the person trolling. And the next stage is if you can't take it is the help that you get, whether that be therapy or external, localised friends, family Definitely. support. Yep, agreed. But that, is the end of Lauren and Aaron's advice. And we did say it was it was quite a, a, a deep one this week. So that is a wrap on episode four. Four episodes already published. Are you up to date on all of the latest episodes? They are all available on your podcast streaming service. We would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast so far. So please, if there's something you want to share with us, please let us know. Absolutely. Because you can email us at it's a girl gay thing podcast at gmail.com or drop us a message on Instagram and our Twitter, which is at agirlgaything1. Or you could subscribe to our podcast on any of the podcast providers mentioned, leave us a review, and that will mean you'll be the first to know when we launch new episodes each and every week. Absolutely. Subscribe now, especially if you're a friend of ours. And if you haven't subscribed, I'm cutting you out of our lives. But thanks for listening, as always, even though you wouldn't understand because it's a what? A girl gay thing.